probably also remember elephants are very intelligent and probably also we had a, a situation where Botswana is the largest number of elephants or, or African elephants it's because probably we were doing something right, right. because so they were um, kind of migrating to, to absolutely oh. hi everyone welcome to now boarding a new travel podcast by me Pyle Nair this show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel, and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures, and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel, get inspired to see the world, and discover your inner self. Hi everyone, today my conversation is with the lovely Totso Kilibemang. Um, Toto is the founder of Lubu Africa Travel, and as, as I'm quoting her, she says that as a business, we've become more focused on the eco-conscious traveler and play a great role in conservation education, not just for our clients, but also for the communities where we do business. And um, I'm really, really happy to be talking to you and thank you so much uh, for your time absolutely it's a pleasure for me to be here i am definitely looking forward to the conversation something that i absolutely love tourism sustainability and ecotourism great and that's what we're here to talk about anyway so um um totso just a little background on you. Um, are you South African who lives in Botswana or are you originally from Botswana? I am originally from Botswana, okay. although I lived and studied in South Africa for a year. That was in 2001. Probably that's why you're so sort of um, uh, trying to see, am I from South Africa or am I from Botswana? But I am from Botswana. That's where I was born and bred and that's where I the business is registered although we cater for the southern Africa market okay so all of the southern Africa market yes okay interesting and um which part of Botswana are you in uh currently now as I speak to you I'm in Khabroni the capital but I frequent the Chobe area I I'm not sure if you are, you you sort of can see a map of Botswana, but there at the top corner where there is Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Namibia, yeah. that's the Chobe area. That's where I have another home, and that's where I fell in love with tourism. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, is it something that uh, you went to South Africa to study? Um, I went to South Africa to study my master's of business administration. Okay. That's the MBA at the University of Cape Town, the Graduate School of Business. Um, so around that time when I decided to study my MBA, that was when COVID was really wreaking havoc around the world. And um, I completely had to shut down my business because 
obviously the tourism sector was one of the sectors that was really hard hit. Yeah. I mean, literally everything came to a screeching halt. And then I remembered uh, I've always wanted to study my master's. And then I took a year sabbatical and went to study in South Africa. Okay. Um, so what, uh, I mean, I'd like to also understand a little bit about the community uh, or the tribe that forms that area uh, that you just mentioned, Cho Chobe, right, you said? Yes. Yeah. Correct. So, um, um, you know, so just a little bit about uh, the community there and um, the are there like multiple tribes or is it just one tribe? And what really is um, so special about that part of Botswana in, when it comes to um, ecotourism? Um, yes, absolutely. So the Chobe area is home of the Basubia people. Uh, they're called the Basubia people. Um, it's an, one of the many tribes that we have in Botswana. So they stay in this beautiful area. I'm sure you know that the Chobe area is known as the, the area that has the, they say, the highest concentration of the African savanna elephant um, based in the Chobe area alone. So now you find a community that is trying to live side by side um, with, with wild animals. And then you have things such as um, developments that are going on because of tourism. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance of trying to, 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 to live alongside elephants and wild animals. So the, this is the picture of Chobi. If I can just paint it for you, that's how um, things, the things are going. You know, it's, 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 they, they are aware of that because um, for, for time immemorial, they've lived along, along, along wild animals. But now you find situation where um, tourism is booming and development is happening in the area. So now it, be, it, it starts to become a bit uncomfortable for, for wildlife and the people as well. But I guess this is the conversation that we can carry on um, a bit later. But just to paint for you the picture of, of Chobe, it's a very special place um, and definitely one of the, the tourism hub of Botswana. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely talk about, you know, the displacement of not just the animals, but also uh you know the tribes that that or the tribe that you mentioned that is the predominant tribe of that area but before we get into that um just some like what does um how would you define ecotourism um to me when i think of ecotourism i think of responsible travel i think of trying to make that balance between the environment, between the local communities and wildlife. And the reason why we're trying to find that balance is because we're trying to preserve for the future generation. So in short is minimizing the, the negative impact of, um, of, of uh, tourism activities on the environment, on the local communities, on the wildlife, while at the same time trying to maximize um, the benefits so that all these three are, uh, are hanging in a good balance um, and obviously like I said for for future generations mm. yeah 
Um, so you think that um, like ecotourism uh, clearly seems to have, in your opinion, a negative and a positive impact. I mean, the positive impact in my mind would be um, the economy and a boost to the economy uh, for the people that are inhabitants of that area. But um, at the same time, you know, the negative impact could also be very, very um, sort of dramatic and, you know, um, a bit out of control given all the development. So the negative impact would obviously be towards, again, the community as well as the wild animals, especially the elephants in in this in 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 this region. So, um, is there a lot of poaching? Um, you know, do you think that tourism has helped in empowering the local communities so that they are not compelled to? Um, substitute their income by illegally selling um you know ivory or other kinds of of um poaching that will probably uh, benefit them but is is creating a lot of disturbance within the wildlife uh, that that sort of surrounds that area um, yes, I mean, absolutely. Um, when you talk of Botswana specifically, I'd like to say that we've, we've done quite a good job in terms of safeguarding um, natural resources. And if you may be aware, Botswana, the kind of tourism that we, we have in the country is um, minimal impact. Um, well, at when the you same say time- minimal impact, what do you mean? Can you like, um, just elaborate on it? Yes, absolutely. Minimal impact is where we are speaking against or we're trying to avoid over-tourism. So you find places, for example, like the Okavango um, Delta. It's a place where even the kind of structures, the, the, the lodges that are built or the camps that are built in the area, they're built in a way that there is minimal impact on the environment. And also you find that the, the, the lodge itself or the accommodation in that area, it's, it's small. And that way um, the area receives a small number of tourists. And we're trying to um, avoid the issue of over-tourism. We're trying to get in probably as, as, as few numbers as possible, because definitely all over the world, over-tourism is an issue yeah. where we find that the, they call it the carrying capacity um, is less than the numbers of people that are coming in that area. So that is the, the model that we, ha we have adopted. And it, it also speaks to, to conservation and also um, positively impacting communities. So now you find a situation where the community themselves, they are the ones that are safeguarding the natural resources because they know and they believe that this is our source of income. If we do not safeguard this, what will happen to us? What will happen to our children in the future? 
So basically that's sort of the, um, the, the, the trajectory that the country is taking. But also now remember that that area, if you can look at a picture of it, um, there's Namibia on one side, there's Angola on the other side, there's Zimbabwe, there is Zambia, and then there's Botswana. It's all of these countries in, it's called the Kaza Kavango Zambezi Conservation Area. It's all of these, these countries that have come together to also try and, and conserve because initially probably there were issues. Um, one country doing one thing, the other doing its own thing. So now they've come together. And I'd like to say probably also, remember elephants are very intelligent and probably also we had a, a situation where Botswana is the largest number of elephants or, or African elephants. It's because probably we were doing something right. right. Because so they were um, kind of migrating to, to absolutely oh, interesting absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah so so that's what i can say in terms of um what we're doing as a country and also what the communities themselves are doing and also it's a good thing because now things such as poaching um becomes very minimal we're not saying it's not happening um but it's 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 very minimal and definitely we still have a long way a long way to go as the economies and everything else in the world is is happening people yeah. are getting pressured and but communication and education is very very critical in these cases yeah absolutely so in terms of communication and education um Lubu Africa Travel, what kind of a role do you play in um, creating that balance between um, the, the, the tourists that you bring into the area and the community? Because I think the tourists need um, to be educated as well on the cultural um delicacies of the area they need to be educated on conservation so how do you and and you know on the other hand the communities as well the community needs to also um be able to sort of create that balance right because at the end of the day they are outsiders who are coming into your area so i think it it's like one is education and the other is being able to support each other. So how uh, does Lubu Africa travel? What is your ethos and what is it that you do towards bringing this um, to light? Absolutely. So our ethos is based um, around impact, um, sustainability and um, women empowerment. But now with regards to what we're doing, as and when we receive um, guests to our country, there's a couple of, of measures that we've put in place that we do. And the first one, we call it um, pre-departure information. So basically within our itinerary, we have a section where we educate the traveler to say, this is how we do things. Um, this is how probably you you could engage with local customs and traditions and and culture and this is how we we treat wildlife um we we, we definitely do not feed 
wild wild animals and we also do not play with them um there's that respect we keep our distance and um, they also keep their distance um respecting wildlife uh, supporting local communities that is pre-departure information that we share and then we have on-site guidance so this is with regards to our local guides so remember local guides are people who are from the area from the region they know the region very well and what they're doing is they're sharing knowledge they're sharing information with travelers to say um when we're in this area when you when you when we're with this community um this is how we could engage with them this is how probably we 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 should stir away from probably um doing things like this we should stir away probably from maybe saying certain kinds of words that yeah, sort of just be aware of the sensitivities um, of of the community and respect that yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely and this is through our cultural tours that's where all of this happens and then the other thing is just leading by example um if 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 a guide is with client there's that um, relationship. They're looking to to the guide to to guide them and to lead them, not just in terms of animal behavior, but in terms of how they themselves um, interact. Or oh, absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's what we're doing practically in our itineraries as we plan travel for clients who are coming into the country. And which uh, parts of the world do you get the maximum clients from? Mostly we get clients from the U.S. And then that is the large number in terms of percentages from the U.S. And then we have U.K. And then we have Asia and other parts of the world. And South Africa as well. Our neighbors just are downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so when you talk about, um, you know, you're obviously you act as you're the tour operator, correct? So you're not the owner of um, uh, the lodge or the multiple uh, lodges that you may find in the area. So how, what are some of what what some of the criteria um, that you have put in place when you um, select your partners? And that's one question. And the second part of the question is, do you, um, is it just area, I mean, this uh, Chobe area that you're focused on, or do you also um, include other parts of Botswana in your, um, in your tours? Um, yes. I'll- I'll answer the second one and then okay. jump on to the first one. Um, it's not just, it's the the whole of the country. Um, if you want to visit the Okavango Delta, we plan the trip for you. If you want to go to the Kalahadi region, we also do the same for you. And then we have areas, like I mentioned, in Victoria Falls. So that is Zimbabwe and Zambia and South Africa as well. So basically that's our portfolio of destinations and growing um, probably tomorrow we might even definitely add Mozambique, but for now we're still focused in majorly Botswana and those countries that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. So now going on to, to the question that you ask about how we select partners, um, because we are a travel agency. So when you are an agent, you sort of sit in between, right? Yeah. You sit in between the client and the, the accommodation provider. Um, so when you're in this space, sometimes it can become a, a bit difficult to control what the final product or the final service because you are connecting these two parties. So now what happens is it's very important when you pick partners, um, partners that are missioned aligned. Yeah. That way you are sure that somehow the, 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 how can I say it? That, that somehow you, you sort of have a, a play in terms of how the final um, product will look like because you know your partner believes in the same ethos that you believe in. Um, like I mentioned, the mission aligned. So we look for things such as sustainability. Um, do they prioritize and are they committed to sustainability, um, environmental sustainability? And then secondly, we look for things such as social responsibilities. Are they committed? Do they prioritize courses that, for example, cater for the marginalized groups? I'll give an example about our partnership with um, Girls Trip Tours. Uh, so Girls Trip Tours, it's an ecosystem where we are partnering with women who are in the tourism industry. And we're planning trips for women from all over the world to be able to come into the African continent, um, to be able to explore it um, because there's, normally there's the stereotypes um, and fears. Is it safe to travel to Africa? Can I? go solo on a trip to Africa. So we're bringing in these women, solo travelers, and they come together into this ecosystem. And then we show them through our itineraries and our curated experience. And also what happens is the profits that are done from these trips, they go to the girl child through scholarship to go and study. Um, Right now, we're specifically focused on tech. So the funds that are, the profits that are created from here um, go for scholarship for students to, to study. So like I mentioned, um, mission aligned, um, our partners um, catering to a certain cause. And then just authentic, authenticity, um, experiences, meaningful experiences, can our partners do that for our clients? And then also conservation. Um, we have partnership with Women for Conservation Botswana. So definitely we're adding our work together is adding to efforts towards uh, conservation. So basically that's what I would say um, to your question, how do we pick partners? We look for yeah. all these, yes. So, okay.
This episode of Now Boarding a Travel and Tourism podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals, and it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. So clearly, uh, women empowerment seems to be a very, very important factor. Um, am I right in saying that your uh, tour company is also just run by women? Is it just led by women or is that misinformation? <laughs> um, definitely it is led by me. <laughs> yeah, of course, led by you, but along with you, um, are there, because I mean, clearly you're, um, your the inspiration behind um, the tour company and you know you're very clear on the different pillars of ecotourism and how and sustainability and how you're working towards it but do you have an all-women team or um, working closely with you or or not Yes, absolutely. We have an all-women team. Um, so, that I is was, so I was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were definitely right. Um, for example, one of our partners is um, Chobe Game Lodge. And Chobe Game Lodge, I don't know if you're aware, um, it's the only um, company in Africa that has an all-female guide team. So what that means is that all the women who take you on, on um, on the the, the safari uh, drives, on the, the cruises, and take care of you, they in the wild is women. Um, so definitely, this is something really exciting for us, um, and for myself personally, um, as the leader of um, Lubu Africa Travel. Definitely the trajectory that I that I um, I want to go into, and also just our partnership, like I mentioned with Girls Trip Tours, um, women led and for women, and profits go to women. So definitely, um, that, that is um, an important yes. focus for you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so tell us a little bit more. I mean, you you've already mentioned how Botswana um, in it is such a leader when it comes to um, wildlife conservation and, you know, and uh, it's, and it's also very, very enriched uh, when it comes to uh, the different tribes and how there's this harmonious uh, kind of uh, blend between, you know, the communities and the wildlife and how they kind of, complement each other so what what are some of the other interesting um, stories about Botswana that um, you could share with us that you know which kind of makes Botswana um, stand out and um, and and have that USB as compared to the other African countries from yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. The the first one I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, the, the Chobe area holds the largest concentration of um, 
um, wild African elephants. Yeah. Elephants. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So definitely that's an amazing, although it does come with its challenges. Um, imagine the communities living by, side by side with, with, um, with these gentle giants. They're not entire, entirely gentle when they come into a field of crops. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So how yes, does the community deal with it then? How, you know, if the fields get destroyed, their livelihood to a large extent goes, how, how do they deal with it? I mean, it's, it's definitely a big challenge. It's definitely a big challenge, but um, education is very, is very important. And also this form of, of compensation that can go um, towards, towards farmers and also innovative um, technologies, for example, elephants without borders, they are, they work on these kinds of um, challenges and trying to find solutions, um, helping so there farmers. Is, there is an Elephants Without Borders uh, Foundation, okay. foundation? Yes, absolutely. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes, it is based in, in Chobe. So they do the studies and um, definitely a lot of education goes towards um, um, these kinds of, of, of issues. But it, it's definitely... A big challenge and one that probably we we can never be able to solve um it's just an issue of saying um this is this is what it is this is this is our our, our situation let's try and live uh, uh peacefully uh, but obviously once in a while you get a situation where right there in the middle of the town this ahead of elephants coming down to the river um but also you just stand back and you watch and you respect and then they pass um drink the water and then go back into into the wild so it's a delicate balance but one that is um definitely possible and then secondly i could talk about the okavongo delta uh, one of the most beautiful <laughs> places on earth. Um, a, a lot has been said about the Okavango Delta. Um, it's the only inland delta. Most of the deltas, they sort of um, trickle down and um, into the ocean. But this one in particular, it, um, it the channels, they trickle down and then they, they, the water just goes into the sand, into the into the desert so it's definitely a marvel a marvel to see um, it changes with seasons and uh, when it's the raisin season it's beautiful it's it's it's, it's like the garden of eden some people have said <laughs> <laughs> um yes so that's one of our really prime uh tourism um areas in the country and then also we have the makhadi pans um the largest salt flats in the world, um, salt rivaled plants. by salt plants, okay. yes, salt or salt pens. Salt um, pens, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've heard that rivaled by um, some salt flats somewhere in Bolivia. Um, definitely something that's up for debate. Yes, absolutely. And then we have the the Kalahari region um, that is known for the for the sand people um, that are known to be the first inhabitants of 
of Southern Africa or the African continent even, some books have said. Yeah. Um, so basically there is a lot um, to see in Botswana and to experience. And obviously the people, um, the culture and everything. We're a big country with a very small population of around yeah. 2.6 million. So those are some of the exciting and interesting facts about Botswana that I can share now. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like, um, I mean, it is on my bucket list, uh, personally, <laughs> to travel to. And now I know that, um, you know, you, Lubu Africa Travel will be the company that I associate with when I eventually do make that trip. And I hope um, those who are listening and um, watching uh, this episode will also reach out to you and um and have got some kind of an insight into what the country of Botswana has to offer and how important um ecotourism as a concept is and you know the work that's being done towards it and how you're kind of um um promoting it um to the rest of the world and and the partners that you have um are clearly um partners that you associate with only if they have the same um ethos as you do so i think um that's quite interesting and would you like to you know just very quickly mention if people want to get in touch with you how do they do that that's one and two anything else that you would like to add in terms of um, travelers who would be coming to Botswana for the first time is there anything that they should um, you've already said that you do a pre-departure sort of checklist but if there is anything that you want to add to that um, that would be great Yes, absolutely. Um, I myself am available on social media, that is Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, on Instagram, I, I don't know, but I'm sure you will leave. Um, I don't know. Do you yeah. leave uh, the link? In the show description. Yes, we will. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. I'm very active on Instagram. That is where I showcase um, most of my travel. That is where I share my love for travel. I absolutely um, love my country and I love to share um, the beauty of my country with the, with the rest of the world. It's something that I would do without not even getting paid. Um, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's, that's what I do. Um, and definitely, I'm always um, thinking about wildlife. I'm all, always thinking about communities. Um, how do we... Um, in a way, um, talk about tourism and 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 ecotourism, but also think about um, sustainability. So on my Instagram, on my social media, those are kind of the 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 things that you see me talk about a lot. Um, although something very interesting about me, I I professionally I'm trained as a finance and investment um, expert. My love for tourism. It, it, 
it just it it's 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 a story probably for another day but it's a very beautiful story of how i ended up doing um um what no, i'm but doing i'm i'm happy um, for you to share it now <laughs> so, yeah maybe we can end normally that's how you start a conversation but <laughs> in this case we can end the conversation with your beautiful story as to how you how tourism became your life and your goal and your mission and your passion oh the reasons are definitely a lot i could write a book about this but i'll just give um a brief sort of overview of how it it happened um so i'm originally from the desert region of the country that's where my parents are from so that's it Botswana is a mixture of desert and we call it desert and delta, different kinds of landscape. The Western area, it's towards Namibia. So I'm sure people are aware of the Namib desert or the Kalahari desert. And then as you go to the north, that's where now you have the, the lush, the green, the Chobe, the Okavongo delta. So I took a trip to the north from the desert area so no, I'd never seen anything like that in, in my life. It was be beautiful. How just seeing the you, river. How, how old were you how old were you when you did that? I was around um nineteen. Okay. Nineteen. It was it was beautiful. Just seeing the the, the difference, the the uniqueness from what I'm used to. There are no rivers in the desert. There are no lush green. It's just uh, golden sand dunes and um, very hot sun. Um, so it was really, really um, interesting for me. And it's very, it was really, really beautiful. And um, I took time to volunteer at one of the, um, the safari camps in Chobe. Um, so I like to say that is where I found my what and my why. I saw firsthand the benefits of tourism to the environment, to wildlife and to communities. And I think while I sat there, I, I had it in myself that this is something that I see myself doing long-term. And then um, life happened. I continued with school. I went, did finance. I worked a bit in the capital markets, but you know, they say that the, Holy. The safari bug, the yeah, safari bug when when it, when it bites you. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely had been bitten, and uh, lived my life. But something was just nagging me, and then in 2017, I think that was um, ten or so years later. Um, that's when I decided this is what I'll be doing full time. I'll be sharing the beauty of my country with people. Um, when they come from all over the world. And that's where I am. COVID came, um, shook me a bit, um, but I'm definitely back and really excited to see people come in. We're currently on the peak season starting. Uh, so now we see quite an influx of um, people visiting. So it's always a beautiful thing for me to see. Excellent. That's, that's such an, I'm, I'm happy that uh, you shared the story. I mean, it would have been really unfortunate if um, <laughs> we didn't hear how um, how that progression happened. 
Um, so very quickly before we end, you mentioned that you're from uh, the desert. Is there any kind of tourism possible in the desert area or not? No, definitely there is a lot that is possible. Um, and I'd like to say in, in Botswana, we're probably guilty of that because we focus only in the Okavango Delta and the Chobe region, but there's a lot. And a lot of it is cultural tourism. Like I mentioned, the, the, the San people are the inhabitants of the area. Um, the San are known to be the first inhabitants of Southern Africa. They have a very rich cultural history. Um, and also that is tourism. And also the area, the area is, is very beautiful. The vastness, the sand dunes, and um, the different also wildlife, very different from what you see in the in the northern region. So definitely um, something that I'm actually um, exploring currently, but um, it'll unfold and it'll be a beautiful thing to see. One step Absolutely. at a time. I think one step <laughs> at a time. I think now post-COVID, you obviously need to re regroup and um and you know things have started to happen again and in terms of movement in terms of people coming to your country so i guess another year or two and then you know once you've consolidated again you can move on to um because that would be a very fascinating um cultural experience uh, for a lot of people including myself so Thank you so very much. I've really enjoyed this conversation and good luck um, to you and your troop. And um, I'm really, really hoping to be able to visit um, your beautiful country sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. You are definitely welcome at any time. Um, we're known to be very warm and welcoming people. So if you're listening from whoever in the world, um, just know Botswana is definitely ready and we are open and we receive guests, friends from all over the world to come and witness and enjoy with us our beautiful country. Great. Thank you so very much. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.